had a lot of pressure, mostly from my mum. Like there was always this talk of like, oh, when you're old enough to get laser, mm. like, you mm. know, oh, like, you know, when you, when you get a job, you can afford to get waxes, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Because my, my body hair, as a woman of colour, I'm half Indian, so my body hair from head to toe is black, thick, curly, you know, just bush everywhere, super noticeable. And, you know, when I'd shave, like literally the next day, it would be growing back already. One, two, three, fuck it. Hi, welcome to the Femina Podcast. My name is Elise, co-founder of Femina & Co and your host for this episode. Join us as we journey through the dimensions of health, challenge the patriarchy and share inspiring experiences. An acknowledgement to the traditional custodians of this land we record on today, the Garigal people. We'd like to send our respects to elders past, present and future. This land always was and always will be Garigal country. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Femina & Co check out our website www.feminineandco.com and subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive content for the minimum price of a dollar at patreon.com forward slash feminineandco. You'll find the links to everything I just mentioned in the description box of this episode. Leave a like on Spotify and rate us on iTunes to help us share our content with more awesome people just like yourself. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy this week's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Feminine Podcast. It's me, your host, Elise, and I am here with a special guest today, India Spring, to talk about women of colour and body hair. So, India, hi, here you are. Let's hi. You. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. I'm so glad that I I'm so glad that, that, that I was able to ask you to be on this because I was like First of all, if you don't follow India on um, Instagram, you need to. It's what, Big Ol' Raisin something? Big Ol' Raisin 99. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're going onto Instagram, you're not only getting like her beautiful self, you're getting a good laugh. You're also getting just like raw, unapologetic, like authenticity. Just like woman. True. That's what I think. When I'm on your Instagram, I'm like, just woman. woman. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, um, I know India from, she is really, 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 really old school friends with my sister. Um, and so I grew up with Indy and we're just, yeah, good old childhood and non-beaches. Did stuff. But <laughs> why don't you introduce yourselves to the audience? Tell us a little bit about you now. Well, me now. Um, I don't really know. I have a bit of a following on Instagram. I just really... I don't know, I just kind of woke up one day amidst my feminist journey and I was like, I want to save space for women. Mm -hmm. I want, you know, I can't be the only one feeling the way that I'm feeling and I want to put my thoughts and feelings out on Instagram and see what kind of response I get. And that was maybe like a year or so ago, I made my first sort of body positivity centered post and I just got like mostly amazing positive feedback and I was like, holy shit this is my calling. This is what I want to do. (laughs) Like, obviously I don't do it for work and I don't profit from it, but 
it just brings me so much joy that I've created a platform and, you know, surrounded myself with all of these women where I can share the posts that I want to share and, you know, people will get in my DMs and we'll have conversations about the topics yeah. that I'm interested in and, you know, when I post things about body positivity, I get people coming back and saying, like, thank you so much. I've felt this way for so long and it's nice to hear, you know, just like a normal girl who isn't like this big Instagram model come and just like say that and be like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I love platforms that are like, like accidentally influencers. Like to me, that's yeah. the real <laughs> Instagram influencer. The one who's like accident, accidentally does it. And yeah. it's not like this whole glamorized thing. And you just, you, you're really just talking about things that everyone experiences or well, every woman experiences, mm-hmm. but no one talks about it. Like yeah. when we're talking what? about things that happen to our bodies, reactions we get to our bodies, blah, 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 all that type of stuff. There's no one wants, everyone wants to pretend that like, you know, we're these perfect little freaks. <laughs> completely right like you know everyone wants to just sweep it all under the rug and not talk about it and I'm like okay guys well here's a picture of my razor burn and here's a picture of my stretch marks and here's a Mm. picture of my rolls I know you have them too stop Mm -hmm. hiding them it's okay it's normal yeah it's (laughs) it's just I love that I mean I I do I do a similar thing I it's hard because like being you know the the western society stereotype like I yeah. would. I hate to admit it, but I just know I'm written by the male gaze, and I'm trying to fight it. I hate it. Yes. But it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I hate true. You I think I we can all agree. There. And so, like, <laughs> trying to be accidentally inspirational, it's like just letting everyone know that, like, this is not meant to come off condescending. Like, I actually, like, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to be written by the male gaze right here. You know, we, we yeah, all have. Right? Our itches and, and burns and body hair, and blah, 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 which we're here to talk about. Mm-hmm. So let's get on to that. Growing up with body hair, um, especially in a Western society, what was your experiences growing up with that? Well, as you know, I grew up in the Northern Beaches, super white. Like, <laughs> I think there were two other brown kids in my grade in primary school and about the same ratio in high school. So I was always different. I've always looked different from everyone else, but it took me a while to realize it. I don't think I realized that I was brown until mm. I was like 10. Mm-hmm. And I just looked around one day and I was like, oh my God everyone's white and blonde and I don't look the same and I have this crazy curly afro and I don't know what to do with it like (laughs) but yeah with body hair I remember you know you hit puberty you start growing pubes all this hair starts popping up everywhere you're like oh my god what's happening to me but you know you kind of talk about it with your friends at school and stuff Mm -hmm. and you're like show off your armpit hair and be like oh my god look at my pubes like I don't know if you did that but I definitely did that with my friends um (laughs) yeah um but I remember one day like my armpit hair had grown out quite significantly I was about 12 and it was you know I mean look at it it's a big curly black bush you can't thank you but you know you can't not see it and my mum who's white she I remember she pulled me aside we were I think we were like at a cafe or something and she pulled me aside and was like, oh my God, look at your pits. And I was like, what, what about it? And she was like, no, no, no. I'm booking you in with my waxing lady right now. You're getting that off. We're getting it off for you. Mm. And I was like, no, I don't want to get my armpits waxed. Like blah, 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 blah. And she was like, no, it's coming off. And yeah. I was like, oh, 
okay then. But then at the same time, we associate like different parts of hair on our bodies with different things because I wasn't allowed to shave my legs until I was 15. Because, you know. Wait, let's talk about that because that's really interesting. Because, like, in my view, it's like armpit hair is seen as unhygienic. And then yeah. it comes to leg hair. I was the same thing. I was not allowed to shave my legs or like I was, you know, pushed not to. And I, I don't think I did until I was about 15. And when mm-hmm. I did, it was like with like this tiny little electric shaver. And yeah, I think like yeah. leg hair is somehow connected to sexuality. I was about to say that. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's almost like shaving your legs is kind of treated by, you know, other women and like our mothers and just like our mothering figures in our life your leg hair is treated like your sexual debut into society you know like if you if you start shaving your legs you're ready to get male attention yeah in a way but then with your armpits it's like the second that starts growing ew women don't have armpit hair Mm -hmm. get it off Mm -hmm. and it's you know considered dirty and gross and unhygienic but it's not like that for men yeah, it's like this is the weirdest double standard ever. Mm-hmm. And, and also, like, I mean, let's not pretend that, you know, when when we were little, oh, not little, when when we were, like, you know, first getting sexually active, I just have, like, the funniest memories that, like, you know when you would go to a party and you maybe you're, like, 16 or something, like, shaving my legs because I was like, I am going to get it tonight. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you like, have the expectation to, like, have a hookup. Because I'm I'm shaving my legs. This is like the first move of foreplay, pretty much. Right? Mm. It would be, yeah, same thing for me. When you start going to like parties and gathers, what, like 15, 16? Oh, gathers, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Gathers. But yeah, when you start doing that, it would be like, you know, before I went out to the gavo, I would get in the shower and I would shave my entire body head to toe. I would shave my, I would shave my pussy. I would shave my armpits. I would shave my legs. I would moisturize my whole body just in case I ended up kissing or doing whatever with a boy. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it wasn't ever for me. It was like, oh my God, but what if a boy wants to hook up with me? And then he puts his leg on my thigh and it's hairy. He'll vomit. Mm. Like that was literally my thought process. Which is so messed up. For a 15, 16 year old girl, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm. And I, I remember like the first time that I um, went to like second base, so there was some touching feeling <laughs> down in the genitals with, a, with another person. Um, I was like, I think I had like a breakdown before I went because, like, you know, I went going, this is going to happen because like we pretty much planned for it. And I went to my best friend and I was like, I have hair down there. And this is like, this is like on my vagina. And um, she was like, well, just trim it a little bit, like just a little bit. And so I trimmed it a bit. And I remember specifically his face when he, you know, reached his hand down there mm-hmm. and he was disgusted. Oh, my God. He was disg- And I remember being like, I, I was just, I was a vulnerable teenager and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a disgusting human being. But then again, there's yeah. a double standard. Like, obviously now we're getting used I'm, I'm getting used to body hair on, on myself and then on other people like I just don't give a shit anymore but I remember having uh-huh. instances with men and this is when I'm like oh okay double standard um and kind of like forcing the same the same um pressures on the people that I was sleeping with like I think I like you know um had oral with a guy and he hadn't shaved and I was disgusted as well and so mm-hmm. all of a sudden all body hair 
doesn't matter who it was for me became gross became right? gross yeah like, what <laughs> but yeah. now obviously like i would i i will say that we have recorded a podcast um previously in like i think it was like season one about body hair and i was trying to come across with the same point about like let's normalize this um and i was talking to an, a girl who grew up and she's greek and so she grew up with like quite thick hair and also facial hair as well um and mm-hmm. i remember specifically saying that i don't have a problem with it but i don't like it on myself or the person i'm with yeah. and i look back and i'm like elise elise you're so problematic oh, <laughs> am I the drama? oh my god i'm the patriarchy <laughs> but literally yeah, yeah. It's crazy. This, mm-hmm. We've changed. We've grown. We have grown. We're better. But you know what? On that note, mm-hmm. I found in a lot of my past sexual experiences, especially looking back on those younger days, like, you know, 16, 17, mm-hmm. you know, I would shave my vagina bold, right? Yeah. Because that's yeah. what I had seen in porn. And also, big mistake, I used porn as my sex ed, which was a terrible decision. No, we all it do always it. is. So we yeah. all do it. It's so bad. But... Yeah, I would shave my vagina completely. And then I remember the first time that uh, a guy I was kind of seeing, he went down on me. He literally afterwards, he looked at me and he was like, why is it bumpy? Like, you know, it looks like a raw chicken. (laughs) He called it a raw chicken. Is that what he said? (laughs) Yes, I was mortified. But at the same time, I was like, what do you want from me? Do you want me to have a full bush or do you want me to be bold and have razor bumps? Because I'm 17 and I'm not going to go ask my mum to go get a Brazilian wax. Like, you know, I didn't have the kind of relationship that I have with my mum now. So I wasn't going to be like, hey, can can we go to get my pussy waxed? (laughs) You know, but then. It's that double standard, but at the same time, if you do shave, it's expected to be soft like a baby's butt and just perfect and smooth and no imperfections and no razor bumps and no ingrown hairs and all of that. So you literally cannot win. No. If only they did <laughs> zoo, like if only they did realistic zoom ins in porn scenes, then we would really see how it's really like. Right? Like like let's not like just don't plan the scene and just zoom in wherever you want and you will see razor bumps, stretch marks, you'll see exactly. liquids here and there. Like it's messy and that's the fun mm-hmm. part. But when mm-hmm. it, when we're talking about like you growing up, like you've had your you had your ex- sexual experiences where obviously no you can't win. But like what were from your in, in your experience like growing up as a woman of color like were you actively trying to get rid of your body hair all the time from pressures? Yes. I had a lot of pressure, mostly from my mum. Like, there was always this talk of, like, oh, when you're old enough to get laser. Mm. Like, mm. you know, oh, like, you know, when you, when you get a job, you can afford to get waxes, blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing. Because my, my body hair, as a woman of colour, I'm half Indian, so my body hair from head to toe is black thick curly you know just bush everywhere super noticeable and you know when I'd shave like literally the next day it would be growing back already like I've always been at war with my body hair because I just wanted it gone and you know I'd be on this cycle of even just for school shaving like every two days because I didn't want people to notice the little stubble growing back on my legs and like you know god forbid I had a bit of fluff on my armpits so 
Oh, yeah, God, my whole. India. <laughs> oh, God damn it! But yeah, pretty much my whole like high school, like end of primary school. I was just completely at war with myself. I've been shaving my face since I was like 13 yeah. because, you know, I've got a little mustache. I get sideburns, like, you know, and yeah. it's black. So it's it's black hair. So it's noticeable. Yeah. And I've always just thought like, you know, if I grow my mustache out, that makes me not feminine enough. You know, I've always felt this need to prove my femininity and prove my identity as a woman. And I think a lot of women of colour as well have this same issue. Yeah. Um, you know, it's either like you have to hypersexualize yourself or it's like, ew, you're not white and blonde. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I see so this I always all the time felt... on TikTok as well. All the time. Mm-hmm. Like if you go on like any gorgeous black woman's um, TikTok and you scroll into the comments, you ever get into like a scroll, like spiral? Oh, always. You scroll a little bit too deep and then you start seeing the incels. And you know, all the misogynist, yes, and you're like, oh insults. my gosh, people like actively say this and they're not afraid to. Uh-huh. But I see, uh-huh. and we'll get into this a little bit later because I want to talk about social media and like just, just the job, like, there's a, it, it's like a double standard within a double standard when it comes yeah. to social media. <laughs> but like, just the, it's not even underlying, it's just like blatant racism. Yeah. When it comes, when it comes to, you know, commenting on any woman of colour's aesthetic mm-hmm. or b- body or anything. It's mm-hmm. always like – it. Ev- also, everything's always related to an animal. Yes, right? Like, you know, in in primary school, people used to call me a monkey. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. Well, you know, it was – not that I'm making excuses for them, but, <laughs> you know, it was the Northern Beaches and nobody really teaches their kids about racism because, you know – how could Australians possibly be no. racist? We said sorry. Like <laughs> we got um, over that. Remember, we got we over that. that. <laughs> yeah, just just move forward from it. Honestly, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you I've always dealt with, you know, just underlying casual racism my whole life, and. You know, just little comments here and there from family members and friends. And, you know, especially when you're in those pubescent years and you and your friends are like, you know, maybe getting naked, showing each other your boobs and stuff, being like, look at this, look at that. Um, There's always been this comparison of like, oh, like, wow, your vagina is black. (laughs) I remember the day my friend pointed, pointed that out. Like she was like, no, like not even the hair, like the skin around your vagina is really dark. And I was like, oh, is that bad? Is it supposed to be white and pink? Like, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> you know, my my friends would always joke about like, oh, you need to get your bum hole bleached because it's so dark. And I'd be oh like, my God, no. oh, do I? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, it looks like you've got poo stains. And I'd be like, oh, oh no. okay then. Oh, so, you know, just dealing with little things like that because yeah. I didn't really grow up with anyone who had the same colour skin as me. Yeah. Um, and especially and, you know, my sisters. Like a, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, you're you a like, big sister to two, to two yeah. little ones. And, like, <laughs> yeah. so I think, I mean, they're definitely so, so, so lucky to have someone as empowering as you as a big sister. Thank you. Like, have they come to you being like, India, I've got this problem or someone said this to me or anything like that? Um. 
Not really, to be honest. We have a very open household. I live in a naked Mm. house. We all just run around naked and stuff. So, Mm. you know, there's not a lot of talk around body positivity and body hair and stuff it's kind of just now at least this unspoken like no that's just how we function like we just love ourselves which is great that I've been able to you know help change my mum's thinking in that through me starting my feminist body positivity journey and then that's rubbing off on my sisters yeah well she's always been an advocate for like women's rights and feminism and stuff but I think you know, having a brown daughter in a super whitewashed, like, Western society, she's actually learnt a lot from me through my experiences, you know? Like, when she was, you know, a fresh mum with her firstborn baby, who was me, she'd walk me around Newport and people would be like, oh, are you the nanny? Or, (gasps) oh, did you? No, my mum told me this story. Yeah, literally, right? (laughs) Did you steal that? Um, One woman actually came up to my mum when I was, you know, a fresh little baby um, and asked her, did you put your child in a tanning bed? What? And my mum was like, are you you serious? You really don't think interracial relationships are a thing? Like, (laughs) oh, yes. I think in the Northern Beaches, people will, like, interracial relationships is, like, the last explanation they'll ever go to. Like I know, to... right? And but you know crazy. what? I'm sure there are Northern Beaches mums who do put their babies in tanning beds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why it was yeah. there, right? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's like the piercing at the, the, yeah. the, the what, the um, Air Maxes at age two. Yeah, what? <laughs> so they get, they get it's them so ready. ridiculous, isn't it? They get it? them ready to be an Instagram influencer straight away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, going on to your mum... And mm-hmm. I, I met your mum. I love your mum. Um, yes. She. <laughs> what, what were the pressures like from her, like when it came to family as well? With family? Um, like functions and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't really know. She, Her mum was a single mum and she's mm-hmm. got a younger sister. So, you know, she's big on the girl power. She grew up. You know, surrounded by strong, confident women who, like, you know, knew what the fuck they were doing, pretty much. So, you know, my mum's always been pretty empowered in that sense. Like, you know, she works really hard. She's worked hard her whole life. She doesn't take shit from no man, all that kind of thing. But still, and I'm sure it's the same, our mums are, like, similar ages. Mm -hmm. You know, our mums grew up in a time what, they were teenagers in like the 80s, 90s, they were in their 20s, which were the skinniest like expectations for women. Like, Right, the size zero expectation. You know, the size zero expectation of like the 80s and the 90s. It was like the scariest, most unhealthy expectations for women's bodies at that time. And my mum, I think, just unknowingly, you know, raised me with this constant like you know need for watch what you're eating be careful what you put in your mouth blah 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 like you know no I'm not gonna let you quit swimming lessons because you don't do any other exercise yeah to do some sort of sport so it's always just been little things throughout my childhood which I don't think she did intentionally because you know our parents they raise us 
they raise their women, I think, with these beauty standards in mind so that they can go on and be okay in the world. Like, you know, you don't want your kid yeah. to get bullied for having a bit of extra baby fat on them and mm. stuff like that, which is so ridiculous. Definitely. I remember like with, with my mum as well, like she, I like I, when I suffered like actively from doing like eating disorder tendencies when I was like mm-hmm. 17 and I told her finally the the words that came out of her mouth and I love my mom I love you mom um not not any of any of our finest moments but um <laughs> she said don't do that and I'm like okay I'm I'm cured mm-hmm. I'll move on and it's just kind of like push under the rug pretend yeah. you're okay yes and right that was nice. kind of the same thing with me i like, you know, I've had eating disorders in the past and also struggled from a lot of just disordered eating in general. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's the same for you and a lot of other Mm -hmm. women out there. Like my views on food have always been completely warped. Um, You know, I'd skip meals to feel good. I started smoking cigarettes at a really young age because I remember all the girls in my ballet class were like, no, cigarettes keep you skinny and they help you, you know, they suppress your appetite. What ballet mm-hmm. class were you going to? I went to Lamont Dance School in Avalon. Oh, Shout out to no. you. Um, that was a terrible place. It um, ruined my view on my body and I've had to unlearn everything that I've learned from that dance school um, oh because it literally gave me an eating disorder. So, yeah, shout yeah. out to you, Lamont Dance School in Avalon. You're toxic. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree. I was at the dance school the suburb over. Um, right. Loved that dance school. Do you get an eating disorder from it? Um, but yeah, right? smoking? Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. Yeah, all the girls really? used to be like, no, if you smoke cigarettes, it suppresses your appetite so you can skip more meals and they keep you skinny Maybe that way. Like and I'd an be like, oh, yeah, thing. okay. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't even grow up That's in Avalon. So I just danced there. <laughs> Girl, you should have come to where I was going. I was, oh, I well, know. You're probably the same thing probably would have happened. <laughs> yeah. Ballet is not good for anyone. Um, no. Um, mm-hmm. What about like, what about because you you are in the beauty industry, and yes. um, let's talk about that because I remember you told, told me a story a while ago that I was like shocked. Yeah, the beauty industry well, associated with hygiene. Yeah, completely. The beauty industry, a so corrupt. It's mm. awful. Um. But yeah, basically I'm a hairdressing apprentice. So I work in a salon just like local near where I live. Yeah. And I remember what, maybe like four, five months ago, I started growing out all of my body hair. And I came to work one day with like, you know, I usually would just wear like, you know, singlet tops and like a skirt or pants and like tank tops, tank tops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I came to work one day, you know, and it, it wasn't like how it is now. It was pretty fresh growth of my armpit hair, right? And um, yeah, my boss pulled me aside like halfway through the workday and was like, hey, Indy, um, you need to deal with your armpits they're disgusting and I was like excuse you and he was like yeah no it's just really unhygienic and it's not good for the clients to see that blah 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 basically called me gross and was like shave them or I'm giving you your own personal dress dress code and I was like well okay 
I'm not going to shave them. And he was like, well, then you can't wear tank tops and you cannot wear singlets to work. You have to have your armpits covered at all times because I don't want you ruining the salon's reputation pretty much. Like he was like, you know, you're selling the look that we're, you know, trying to give people at the hairdressers. Um, So, you know, you've got, you've got to look the part basically. So, yeah. So we tell women what to wear. Yeah, we tell women oh what gosh. to wear. Are you mm-hmm. still are you still working at the same place? I am. Okay, so we I can't am. name and shame, unfortunately. No, I cannot name and shame, but I do need to That's have a okay. big conversation with my boss. I did almost yeah. quit over that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah, are right. You still wear, are you still wearing? Are, like, are you still complying with said guidelines? Well, I was up until start of lockdown because it was cold and it was winter. So I was wearing like long sleeves and t-shirts anyway. But regardless of what he says, I will be wearing singlets and tank tops Mm -hmm. when I do ever go back to work after lockdown Mm -hmm. because it's going to be summer and it's going to be hot. And I don't give a flying fuck what the clients think of me. So, yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) Why is there no trust in a woman just... Like, you shower. You're, you've just yeah. showered. I can see your hair's wet. <laughs> I trust yes, that you're clean. <laughs> yeah, right? And it comes down to this conversation around hygiene because one of the my other co-workers at work, she's like, what, like 45 or something? She's got kids, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. She's a woman, you know? Um, and she said to me, she was like, well, isn't it, isn't it gross? Isn't it really smelly? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, girl, I still wear deodorant. I still wash yeah. myself and shower and also, you know, my body hair is there for a reason to catch sweat. Like yeah. it's it's the way that my body works. It's completely natural. It's the way that our bodies are intended to be. I don't know mm-hmm. where, well, actually probably just the patriarchy and Eurocentric beauty standards, but Absolutely. where this notion of like, you know, women have to have clean shaved armpits. Where did that come from but then it's never been a thing for men to shave yeah like what yeah I remember there was a boy in high school who was a swimmer and so he shaved his legs for velocity or whatever it was some some speed thing and he like people would comment on it and like you know like his sexuality would be questioned his masculinity would be questioned and Mm -hmm. I remember just going I do remember falling into that and then I caught myself and I was like what yeah right why yeah yeah crazy and but also like when it comes to your armpits you know the hair doesn't the smell doesn't come from hair it comes from the perspiration from your sweat glands like (laughs) hello I know it's just like this information come up right like it's like oh my god if you grow out your armpit hair you're gonna smell more I'm like no baby you're gonna smell just the same just put some deodorant on like it's not that hard yeah Mm -hmm. I remember um the start of this year I started growing my armpit hair out and I like I was going on a camping trip with my family and I was also Mm -hmm. when I started growing my armpit hair out I decided that I was going to stop using like spray deodorant because I was like it's not good for my glands yeah I did that too yeah and so Mm -hmm. I did smell for a really long time so I probably didn't give my family the best introduction to my body hair because I did smell but I was also swimming so it was fine 
And mm-hmm. I was like, just, there's no need to comment on it. Just leave me alone. Yeah. Um, right. But then when I came, yeah, when I came back, uh, there were comments within the family, like, about my armpit hair. And, like, they wanted to see it all the time because I was so interested in this, like, change in me. Yes. And I was like, oh, my God, here you go. Let me lift up my arm again. Like, do you want to sniff it? Uh-huh. Like, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, do you want to lick it? Do you want to touch it? <laughs> do you want to braid it? Come on. Yeah, it's like you've just it's brought there. home a new puppy. Everyone's like, give it to me. Let me touch it. Let me look yeah, at it. <laughs> literally, literally. And I and then when I came home, I started doing the Miss, Miss Universe Australia competition. Yeah. And I did that for a reason because I was like, I want to, uh, I mean, when I went into it, my family was like, what the heck are you doing? This is not you, Elise. And I was like, well, let me give it a go. Because I want to talk about, I want to get in, I want to get inside and I want to see what's going on and I want to mm-hmm. possibly challenge it. So by challenging yeah. it, I grew out like all my body hair and I went to every event with my body hair on show and I didn't get any like direct, um, like unsolicited feedback from anyone, but mm-hmm. I could see like when people saw a glance, like I, I remember the first event I wore this like halter neck gold, um, like disco jumpsuit and it went so well with my armpit hair like it was like fashion yeah. statement I loved it completely and, um, I remember it was like the first time meeting the other girls and I do remember like I would like purposely be like oh my god hi this is me lifting my hand up by the way like being like hey so like my armpit hair was on because <laughs> I wanted to see people's reactions and I was yeah. just like taking note every so often and mm-hmm. it was really interesting to see how like if you see, I mean, if you look at me, right, you're like, oh, she seems like a nice, complying, mm-hmm. you know, white girl. Lift up arms yeah. and they're like, oh, God. Like, that's, you don't expect that, yeah. right? Right. I'm not, all of a sudden, not complying with these standards. Mm-hmm. And it was just so, and now I keep it because especially, like, dating and everything, it is so much fun seeing people's reactions. I love it. Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Because when I first started, like, you know, my mum commented on my armpit hair and was like, holy shit, you need to shave. And I looked at her and I went, no, 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 I'm not shaving anymore. She flipped her shit at me. Like she was so angry. She literally told me, she was like, oh my God, no one's ever going to have sex with you again. That's literally men deterrent. And I was like, oh, wow, mom. Like you've got a lot to say about this. But at the same time, I found like, you know, I – People just assume I'm a lesbian all the time now. What is now. with that? What I know, right? That? It's like, you know, obviously not that there's anything wrong with being a lesbian. No. However, there's like this, you know, people wouldn't automatically look at my armpit hair and go like, oh, she must be a feminist. They just go, oh, she must be a lesbian. And I'm like, yeah. what? Like, where did you get this idea from? But at the same time as well, it's given me a lot of like, you know, guidance with dating and men because oh it's like a filter. why would I want to it's like it's yeah. like a filter for gross men because why would I want to date someone who gives a crap whether or not I have hair on my body I'm seeing so many women now like so many beautiful women um all races every all, all everything um starting mm-hmm. to grow out their body hair and I love it especially on social isn't media. it so incredibly sexy mm. It is. Like, Why can't people see oh, that? I know, right? Because, like, none of my friends are really growing out their body hair. Um, but we'll get to that in a bit. Because um, <laughs> I've tried to change them. <laughs> but, no, so many influences and, like, 
you know, just like people that I follow on Instagram who kind of inspired me to grow up my body hair in the first place. Like I look at pictures of them just like posing with their arms up and they're in this like big silky dress and I'm like, oh, I'm drooling. Hello. That is like, it just, yeah, ethereal, like literal goddess vibes yeah. when women yeah. have body hair I'm just like yum 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 let me eat you up yeah. come come over here babe like <laughs> I love the, I love that aesthetic yeah absolutely I think it's Let's... gorgeous I do too and well we're very biased in saying this because we love our own body we are very hair. biased but, also... <laughs> but at the same time you know your body you do what you you shave you do what you want but actually that's uh-huh. an interesting point because I want to talk about like um wait weird fact sorry sidetracked really sidetracked okay but weird fact <laughs> did you know that in um have you seen like ads of like shaving right of, like, yes it'll be like a razor i don't know like dove razor or whatever it is um there's what was the brand it there was a brand that did a campaign i think it was in 2002 and it was the first ad in like like um america and australia and europe well um uk not other parts of europe but it was the first ad where they actually showed shaving of actual hair. Because if you look at really? all the ads, when they when the woman is like they're already down, hairless. It's already hairless. Oh my god, Isn't I've never weird? thought about that before. But that's oh my god, that's so weird, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's after always this like campaign, yeah. Yeah. After this campaign, everyone was like, they got so much feet, got so, got so much like clap back from it, and. The people who ran it, they were like, but that's the whole point of sh- shaving. It's like, yeah, shaving. Hair there uh, beforehand. What did you do? Yeah, right. Beforehand? What are you going to shave? Just a, an already shaven yeah. leg? Oh, let me let me just shave it again. Shave my top layer of skin off. <laughs> like, <laughs> layer by layer. <laughs> You're more feminine I just the layer. Be the, bones. the less layers you have. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that complies with like, our size, size stereotypes, doesn't it? Yeah, completely, yeah. right? The more you Very shave weird. up, the skinnier you are, right? And then, yeah. then men will want us. Yeah. Men will finally want you if you're a sack of bones. <laughs> no skin. We don't like skin anymore either. Skin, skin's <laughs> off the charts. Boycott skin. I'm sick of it. <sighs> it's oh so unhygienic. Um, but along with that as well, like, I, I'm so sick of seeing, like, all, like obviously, like, do do what you want with your body hair and like learning little tri- tips and tricks about how, how to remove body hair is very handy, especially if you're in like mm-hmm. in sex work or whatever. Um, but I'm sick yeah. of seeing TikToks of, are you sick of raised bumps? I have a trick for you. And it's like, Oh my God. Like these are handy tips, but they're not helping anything because it's just more. I mean, yeah. Raised bumps are uncomfortable. Like they're itchy. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just feeding. It's like it's like those videos that are like, here's what I eat in a day. Same, same oh, situation, completely. different issue. It, yeah, feeds into that toxic narrative of like, does you like, do you look like this after you shave? Well, let's get rid of it because that's gross and not normal and boys mm. don't want that. Mm-mm. You know, it's, yeah, everything, you know, since learning about the male gaze, I've realised more and more oh, yeah. that I'm... I'm having to unlearn everything I've ever learned because everything I've ever done has been performing to this imaginary male gaze that I have in right, my head. Right, yeah. It's crazy. I still... And that is actually, like, why I decided to stop shaving in the first place because the more and more I started reading up and learning about feminism, I just, like, had this realisation. I was like, 
oh my god I am only shaving my legs and my vagina and my pits because people have told me that I have to yeah and you know men expect me to be shaven Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day every time I grew my hair out I was like you know what this doesn't make me uncomfortable I actually quite like the look of it on myself so why have I been shaving just to not make other people uncomfortable yeah right absolutely and especially as a woman of color as well like darker the hair the more uncomfortable people are Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, completely. And, you know, I, I notice it, like, going, you know, I might just go to Coles and go for a shop and I'll be wearing a singlet top and I'll get side eyes from, like, middle-aged white ladies just being like, oh, what is she doing? <laughs> like, you know, obviously they wouldn't say anything. Well, they haven't said anything yet, but, but you notice it. it. Yeah. The eyes say it all, like when you did your Miss Australia thing, you mm. know? You can, you can tell when people, like, catch a glimpse of your armpit hair and just go like, oh, oh my God, what is she doing? But that's the reaction that I want out of people. Right, you know? it feeds us. <laughs> it feeds it. Like the more and more people are like, oh my God, wow, I've never seen that before. That's crazy. Why are you doing that? The more and more I'm like, I'm never shaving again. Literally. I'm never doing it again. Wait, <laughs> like, what, wait, Indy, what star sign are you? I'm a Scorpio. Oh, okay. Are Scorpios stubborn? I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Libra and Libras are very stubborn. So anytime someone tells me they don't like something, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I mean, I'm a Libra Scorpio cusp, actually. <laughs> so, you know, okay. maybe so I've got close. that. Yeah. So I'm your... like, I'm the first day of Scorpio. Oh, okay. What's your rising? Because maybe that will tell us. I don't know anything about um, astrology. I just love, I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think my rising is a Virgo. I think okay, I'm Virgo. I yeah, we need that. I'm not gonna pretend I know. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's like the the more body hair we grow, the more stubborn we get. The more people hate it, the more we love it. Yeah, right. It it fuels the fire. Mm, it totally does. I want to talk mm-hmm. about like not only you know us being pressured, but also like let's talk about the pressures. So we're pressured to be hairless. We're pressured yes. to be submissive. We're pressured yes. to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. They kind of all falls under body hair because that somehow relates. But this yeah, right? all sounds like a little girl to me. And so, like, let's talk about how uh-huh. these expectations are so perverted and pedophilic. And that's so normal. Yeah, right? It's so strange to me how, you know, I've actually put a bunch of shit about this topic, actually, about, you know, the shaving of all of women's body hair like Mm -hmm. being linked to pedophilia Mm -hmm. um on my instagram story and i've actually had a lot of backlash (laughs) because of it which is fair enough which is well no not fair enough because all the backlash has been from men being like Uh. are you serious are you joking right now so you think i'm a pedophile i personally wouldn't say that i want a woman to shape blah 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 i'm not a pedophile you're calling me a pedophile and i'm like whoa 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 calm down stop right there it's okay let's backtrack and it's really hard to explain to them like you know I'm not calling all men pedophiles however because of the patriarchy and because of our Eurocentric beauty standards this idea of you know having no body hair and having silky smooth 
pussy flaps and mm-hmm. armpits and all mm-hmm. of that. You know, what does it remind you of? It reminds me of you of a prepubescent girl. So I personally believe that our beauty standards are deeply rooted in pedophilia. Absolutely. Because, you know, the there's only one um, – oh, I've seen this so many – places and now I can't put it into words like there's only one box for women like and that's the girl like the beauty standard for us is the girl there's this whole um you know center around this eternal youth we have you know 20 year olds are using like age rewind retinol eye creams and anti-wrinkle serums and shit you know we're supposed to stay young and desirable forever Mm -hmm. and once you hit a certain age and your looks start declining then women just become invisible Mm -hmm. absolutely you know and like the Mm -hmm. rate of like people getting botox is getting lower and lower yeah and i'm i'm like at fault of that like i literally the other day was like to my friend when we get a lockdown should we go get botox (laughs) let's do it but then again i'm like no elise you're a feminist (laughs) i can't do that however you know, it's really hard to define a good and a bad feminist. Yeah. A lot of my friends have been like, you know, oh, well, like, good for you, but I don't want to grow up my body hair. Like, is that okay? And I'm like, no, it doesn't make you a bad feminist, but you just, like, you can't shit on other people for no. what they choose to do with their no. body. Like, if you personally don't feel comfortable growing out your body hair, you like it better when you shave, or, you know, you just haven't had the opportunity to detach yourself from your male gaze yet and you still feel like you have to shave, that's okay. But, But you know, you might want to start thinking about it. You might want to start thinking about it and understanding where I come from and maybe, just maybe, you'll change your mind. You'll give it a go because Mm. it's fun. It's so fun. (laughs) Wait, I wasn't record. I I wasn't like video recording. I wish I was video recording right now. Oh no! The actors are getting us beautiful. When, when, <laughs> yeah. When we take yes. a selfie, we have to. I have to change my shirt, but we're both we do, we do. <laughs> so this is just Indy and I practicing for our selfie without armor. We're just practicing power posing. Yeah, we Don't are. mind us. We are. <laughs> but also, when it comes to social media as well, like, so this is when this is like why I came to you because I was having this like internal conversation and I was like, this is really interesting. I posted mm-hmm. a couple things on my Instagram where I was, I was, I was asking for hate, right? I was, I was putting my, my body hair on show. Cause I was like, I want to get the hate and I want to battle it. Yeah. Not, it was a bit toxic of me, but you know, I am who I am and I will not apologize. Um, I do that too. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I didn't, I was like, disappointed because i didn't receive any hate except for weird perverted like unsolicited comments in my dm requests like one man was mm-hmm. like i want to lick your i love a man i love a woman who who like you know just is natural and i want to lick all your body hair and i was like whoa what Ew. So i'm not asking for that i'm like okay gross man back the fuck up please <laughs> I was like, where's the hatred? Give me hatred. I need to feed off that. Yeah. But, but then I was looking at my, um, through my feed and I was looking at like a friend of mine and she did a similar thing and she's a woman of color. And I could see straight away in the comments, like slurs. I could see, um, you know, being related to an animal or being mm-hmm. like being called unhygienic. And it's 
started a conversation in my head and I was like, wait, so the reason I'm not getting hate is because I'm white. And the mm-hmm. reason this woman is getting hate is because she's a person of color. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. What are right? Because of the Eurocentric beauty mm-hmm. standards. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I, I've done a couple posts like about my body hair on Instagram and because my following on there is majority women and people who are like-minded to me like you know I got a lot of positive feedback and I was actually quite surprised like oh nobody hates me oh no one's calling me gross blah 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 however if we take a turn and go to TikTok you know I love yeah every time I get bored I just make six TikToks in a word people are so confident right and somehow my TikTok has become majority just like my following is men. Yeah. Um, which is weird. So out of like my 8,000 followers or whatever, I think 80% of my followers are men, even though I mostly yeah. post feminist content. All of my comments are either about my tits or recently the boys have been loving to just comment the razor emoji under my picture like under my tiktoks like they just comment like here you need this and then like it's like the razor emoji or you know people will just like comment an emoji of a monkey and i'm like Mm. oh you're racist like wow yeah you're not afraid oh my god Mm-hmm. And, you know, people people have no shame on that platform. No like, yeah. they're so happy to just come out there and be like, honey, you really need to shave. I'm like, okay, weird man who has no posts and no profile picture. Sure. <laughs> Tell me how to no live my life. Picture. Always. Why? No content, no profile picture. And I'm like, please come on here and tell me how to live my life. I love it. Mm. I love every minute mm. of it. Give me more. <laughs> like, mm. I yeah. just don't get it. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get it either. But definitely, when it comes to like, like trying to fit in with the Eurocentric, um, Eurocentric features and the beauty standards, like mm-hmm. it, it, this expectation that we're all meant to be these lights, like light skinned, no pale, sorry, wrong word, pale skinned, mm-hmm. blonde, hairless, skin bags. Yeah. Right. It's it's just an impossible mold to fit. And, you know, before any male listeners out here get angry at me, I'm not saying that there are no body expectations for men because there are. And I get that. And I'm sorry if that has hurt you. However, we are just talking about women right now because we are are the oppressed in the patriarchy. And yes, the patriarchy affects everybody and it's awful and it puts everyone in a little cage and it puts everybody in a little box. And it's really hard, you know, to have the tools to want to unlearn everything that we've been taught just through our Mm -hmm. upbringing and just, you know, social media is so toxic in general and all of that stuff. It's hard to unlearn that. Um, Where was I going with this? What was your point? (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, women of colour having to, you know, like, being, like, slammed in the face with all these Eurocentric, you know, pressures, Uh as well as being oppressed as a woman and being oppressed as a person of colour. It's like a a Mm -hmm. double whammy. Yeah, right? It's, you know, women have to – women of colour, sorry – have to – you know, work a lot harder to be seen as, you know, sexually attractive and to be seen as desirable. And it's just fucked up to me how, you know, our society, obviously through colonialism and all of that, 
is how we've gotten here with this place of Eurocentric beauty standards and features being the ideal archetype of beauty. Yeah. But because of that, like, you know, women of colour are going out and there are skin bleaching creams for people who, you know, want to be paler. I remember for years when I was a little girl, like, I was so scared to go out into the sun in the summer because I tanned so quickly and I hated my skin. I hated being brown. Obviously, I don't now. I'm obsessed with myself. Um, (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) But yeah, like I would avoid going to the beach with my friends and I would avoid going out in the sun. I would wear rashies and shit and cover myself up and I would lather myself in sunscreen. And if I came home with tan lines, I would be like, damn it everyone's gonna know that I'm brown like it was just this whole thing of like no no no, I'm gonna hide it and I would straighten my hair every single day for school for like three years I just you know and it was so unconscious nobody told me to but I just felt like I had to to fit in and to be considered beautiful and you know it was weird in like year six and year seven everyone was getting asked out and everyone was getting boyfriends and I was like nobody's looking at me all the boys are ignoring me this is awful so I had to work so much harder I would wear in year seven at 13 wear a full face of makeup to school and shave myself from head to toe and shave my little mustache because I really thought people were looking that close (laughs) and straighten my hair and just like you know be as white as possible to get male attention which is what women of color you know, have had to work with. We have to try and squeeze ourselves into this teeny, teeny, tiny mould of our, you know, Eurocentric beauty standards. And it's exhausting it's and exhausting. impossible. Oh, my God. I know, right? So yeah. then I just gave up and now I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah. Message of the That's podcast, guys. Just give up and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Give up. Stop caring what anybody thinks Literally and then you'll just realize that you're really sexy yeah absolutely yeah. I, mean, I I totally agree with that like I I've come to the the same thing like I call me a narcissist or whatever it is like my friends are very very aware of how much I love myself but the mm-hmm. I came to that realization because I just stopped caring yeah right up. and mm-hmm. I'm like, and- the hottest person like literally so funny Rose and I whenever we're together We'll be like, we'll be like in a restaurant or something, and we'll whisper to each other, and we'll be like, "You're the hottest people in this place." <laughs> we'll I love that. And every time I tell someone that, they're always like, "Oh my god, you guys!" And I'm like, "Why not?" Like, if someone is, I do that me, with so my friends. Yeah, it's I do that with my friends. I'm like, yeah. we are the hottest people in Coles right now, and they're like, yeah. "Yeah, I know, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, duh." <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it really did take me to just, like, you know, read a shit ton of feminist literature, mm-hmm. A, which has been amazing and has opened my mind completely to the point where I'm just like, oh, my God, I, I just can't do anything anymore. I just – I am a man. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, just completely changed my worldview and my perception on everything and I've just had to unlearn so much shit from my childhood but I'm really grateful that I've been able to open my mind and just yeah. you know get out of that headspace because from then on I've been able to be like you know just little things like accepting the way that my face looks without makeup on mm-hmm. and you know accepting my body hair and just going you know what I don't care if I've got a full bush down there if that's really going to be a defining feature of whether or not you want to have sex with me you don't deserve access to my body like you know and it's so empowering to just 
you know, sit at the beach with your pubes hanging out of your bikini. I know, just, right? You know, isn't it great? Like, and you know, I can just lie there and put my arms up and I've got these big bushy armpits and people walk past and they, they'll just look at you in absolute shock. And that makes me feel, you know, just so like I've done it. This is what I needed to do. I want to make other people uncomfortable because hopefully that flicks some little thing in their head that makes them go, wait, why is she so confident having yeah. body hair at the beach? Oh my God, women don't have armpit hair. Because before I started growing up my armpit hair, I only learned like two months beforehand that there were women who grew out their armpit hair. And really? I was like, wait, yeah, right? Like, so weird. It all just happened in such a short span of time. Well, it's like um, once you put your attention to something, you see it everywhere and you're like, oh, You see it everywhere, yeah. hey? But, you know, for most people, I want to be that girl in the street. They walk past and then go, oh, oh my, oh my God, she mm. has a bunch of armpit hair and she's just walking around in a singlet and she doesn't give a fuck. Hmm, let me think about that. Why do I expect women to have body hair? Why do I shave mm. my own body hair? You know, I want to just somehow spark that conversation in people as best I can yeah (laughs) weird weird comparison but I have a similar thing when I'm like living in Newtown there are there are Mm -hmm. some very colorful energetic people on the street which this is why I live here because I love them and you know you I when I first brought my mom here like she would be like oh that person's getting out out there and then I was just like I was just like that's like, but I kind of admire them because they don't care. Mm. You know what? Like, right? Maybe they live a better life. M- maybe they have a drug problem, but maybe they live a better life up here. In their right? Life. Who knows? We don't know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like they they caused me, they they caused us to have to think about it and go, maybe life is better when you just don't give a shit. Yeah. Right. It sparks that little thought spiral in your own Mm. head and Mm. you just go like, you know, the whole point of this is just freeing yourself from the chains of the patriarchy (laughs) and our terrible, toxic beauty standards. Like that was the real basis of all of this for me. It was like, I don't want to be locked away in this cage anymore I want room to take up space and be loud and be bold and make people uncomfortable and make people question things because without having people like that you know just walking around the street everyone gets stuck in their little cookie cutter boxes and nobody questions anything and we've just become so you know we become sheep we do essentially so my next question is especially as someone, like, I, and this is like a personal thing for me as well, because it, it, when it comes to these conversations, I feel like, like, obviously, I can't police anything when it comes to race because I am, like, privileged in many, many, many ways when it comes to my skin yeah. color. And so, but when it comes to conversations and holding people accountable and empowering others, like, what's your advice to, especially because I know that, like, many of your friends from the Northern Beaches are also white, what's your advice yeah. to them, like, uh, the women especially? When it like comes holding people accountable holding people in terms accountable of race, and, yeah, in terms of race and body hair. Well, when it comes to like when it comes to women of color and like our like our friends, our families, blah blah blah, and like uh-huh. if I see if I see anything online of like um, a friend of mine, you know, being discriminated for for whatever it is, like what what are some things that 
you, from your perspective and your experience, you would like to see from us white gals? Well, uh, for starters, what you were doing today, giving me your platform to share my thoughts and opinions is just excellent. You know, I think it's really important to let women of colour be advocates for their own fight. Like, we love the support that we get from white women and all of that fun stuff as well. But what's important to realise is we don't need you to be our saviours. No. You know? Like, yeah, we don't need your voices we need your support but it's our fight it is our story to tell and you know obviously I'm half Indian like you know I'm not crazy dark but I'm noticeably ethnic Mm -hmm. so as a result of that I have experienced casual racism just like you know my whole life my whole childhood really and it was hard in primary school like trying to explain that to my friends like how I was feeling and you know why when the boys at school teased me and called me a monkey how that made me feel Mm -hmm. so you know it's important for white women to sympathize with women of color you know do their research notice that hey women of color have to work harder to be feminine to be desired to you know fit into the archetype of the beauty standards so yeah educate yourself support create space for the women of color and the people of color in your life give them your platforms to speak on like you're doing right now you know but don't fight the fight for us no absolutely which is the important thing because then that just gets into the whole white savior complex and that it gets really problematic (laughs) yeah absolutely and it's also like listen I see, I see people, Listen, and like, I've been completely. guilty of this as well. Like at the start of my journey of kind of realizing the problems that are around me, and then also like around others. I don't see people. Mm-hmm. I don't see white people or white women like listening. I just white yeah. men and women listening. No one's listen. Well, we're try- They're trying to, but they're not. It's just opinions, mm-hmm. opinions, opinions, opinions. Listen. Yeah. Right. Yes, completely. It's like take the time to just, you know, reconstruct your Instagram feed. That's been a really big thing for me. So actively following more black women, more women of colour, more Indian women. Like, you know, and it's been awesome because I've been seeing all these women who are having similar experiences to me. And I'm like, holy shit, why was I just following a bunch of of like skinny, mini, blondie, booby, white Instagram models? Because now... No, yeah, I'm just following a bunch of like, that's all right. Um, yeah, I'm just following a bunch of like, you know, accounts that have values that align with mine, feminists, activists, and just, you know, retailoring your social media so that when you're bored and having your little scroll through Instagram, you can watch a little IGTV video and get educated on something, you know? You hear other people's opinions, you listen to other people speak, you might find some cool podcasts or stuff on YouTube where you can listen to things about, you know, problems with race and, yes, uh, the Feminine Podcast, hello, how are you? (laughs) Um, You know, all that kind of stuff, you know? So it's important to broaden your hororizons and you know expose yourself to more content and you know different things to what you'd usually listen to so that you can get that education that you need and get the tools you need to become a better ally yeah that was I think Mm. that's the 
best tip, especially when it comes to like connecting that to mental health. I had a young girl come to me mm-hmm. recently and she was like, do you have any like Instagram accounts that you can recommend me to follow or like tips when it comes to social media? And that what you said just there, the best tip to kind of like start on learning and rerouting, rerouting your brain when it comes to, because mm-hmm. like, you know, we're seeing like, we're going to fit all this information like within seconds yeah. all day, every day. And once you start following people and accounts that like more diverse, you know, educate people, feminist accounts, you know, like mm-hmm. social and political, like activism accounts, like just yeah. start putting people, like start putting more diverse people onto your feed. That was one of the biggest Completely. ways that I came over my eating disorder was because every day I was yeah. seeing, you know, like white skinny women every day, every day living their best life. And I started putting, I started following women, especially women and men. Um, and also a lot of transgender people as well. Oh my gosh. Oh, completely. Like I, right. Um, I forgot, I forgot her name. Um, she lives in Melbourne. I'll have to <gasps> Is it um, AJ Clementine? That yes! gorgeous woman. Yes! Her. Oh Isn't she stunning? <gasps> gorgeous. Yeah, I found her on TikTok and I was like, I'm yeah. in love with you. Yeah. And then I found out she was Australian and I was like, I'm double in love with you. I was like, loving like, your start accent. Follow- yeah. Start following people. That was the biggest way that I got over, like, kind of worked through my eating disorder was like mm-hmm. showing all of these empowering people who look different and love the way that they look. Yeah, I was like, right. Oh my gosh. Like, why can't I be part of this as well? And especially mm-hmm. when it, like, best tip. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. And you know what? For me as well, it helped me become less racist because you know I always Mm -hmm. kind of thought I had this thing in my head of like well I'm brown I can't possibly be racist but I probably hit about like you know maybe 16 and realized oh my god I am a little sheep and I'm following all my white friends around like they're God's gift to the world and I will I I would look at people of color and literally see them as less than you know like obviously not like my dad and my dad's side of the family and stuff because like you know that's different because it was family but I would see people of color in the street and I would think to myself like oh thank god I'm half white like oh I don't have that nose blah 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 shitty things like that you know so you know by opening myself up to more people of color and changing around my Instagram feed and unfollowing all those people where I was like, okay, my values do not align with yours. I actually was able to overcome my racism and then rework my own standards of beauty, you Mm -hmm. know, because you get so wrapped up in like, you know, I used to make fun of my middle sister because she had a big, she has a big hook nose, like, you know most Indian women do and mine's a little more flattened out like my mum's but she looks more like my dad and I would make fun of her because of it as a kid which I'm sure like really fucked with her (laughs) poor thing I'm sorry I should apologize for that actually (laughs) I'm gonna call her after this um but you know I would make fun of her and I realize now like oh my god I was calling her ugly because she didn't look white enough Mm. and you know if I were to go back to like my younger self and look at myself then and be like, oh, my God, you're not white enough. Like, you know, it would have just crushed me. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, Absolutely. it made me realize, like, how racist I actually was 
even yeah. though I just thought, no, I'm totally exempt from racism because I'm a personal mm. a person of color. You, you know, it's just it's ingrained in your brains. So uh, because it of so is yeah what we're fed and people really like and I I'm so guilty of this as well like where we really struggle to say we're wrong we really struggle yes. to admit and like, take accountability yes absolutely mm-hmm. like it's like racism and misogyny and transphobia and even like you know fat phobia as well. Like, we're also mm-hmm. guilty of it and we can't admit it for some reason. And, like, mm-hmm. like especially on social media, people, like, you keyboard warriors, like, going nuts. And oh, completely. Like, if you call them out, it's like, well, I'm not racist. It's like, well, actually, that was a little bit. You are. That was, <laughs> that was you know, that was a bit, mm-hmm. that wasn't okay. Um, but I'm so guilty mm-hmm. of it as well. And I, I definitely, like you said, broadening my especially moving out of the Northern Beaches. I'm sorry, Northern Beaches. I just don't like you. Moving out no, of the Northern likes Beaches. Them. No, nobody likes them. No. Moving away and living in Europe, like I realised just the, the rules that I thought I had to follow and the way that I saw other people who were different from me, I was like, oh, my gosh, there is a problem and I have to unlearn all of this stuff. Yeah, and I'm still doing right? it. It's such a long journey. It's but, such a big journey. It doesn't just happen like that. No. Act, you just It's actively just giving it a go, Act, like trying. Mm-hmm. And just being honest about it as well. Like I, I, I'm so thankful that like a lot of my friends come to me for like when, they, when they're looking for a term or they're looking for a way to say something and they want to be politically correct. And like, you know, I'm not, I don't study this. I will be studying this stuff. But I, oh, out cool. of, you know, my friends, I guess I'm, somewhat seen as the most quote woke but at the same yeah, time same with I me do, and my yeah. female friends yeah yeah but at the same time I do like I do often say like you know I'm I'm still learning as well like I'll get back to you I'll, I'll yeah right you, but I'm still learning and there's so many things like that I need to ask mm-hmm. people for like if I have a question um especially because uh, I did a, a lot of unlearning when it came to race in the past year especially when the Black Lives Matter yeah. marches oh, last year yeah and I did so much unlearning and I found so much empowerment by going to people that I felt comfortable talking to that I knew I didn't want them to be like, are you just coming to me and talk about race? And the people that I knew would would want to like educate me and asking them like, yeah. I haven't, I, I'm confused, I don't understand. Is this wrong? Is this right? Can you please explain in your perspective? And exactly. even then, like the people that I've spoken to themselves have been like, this is just my perspective. I'm one person. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is just my perspective. There will be multiple. And it's like, so you have to broaden your horizon. Yeah, right? Because that's all I can give you is my perspective on mm. things and my lived experience. However, my lived experience is going to be completely different to say a black woman mm-hmm. living in Australia. You know, yeah. we're going to have completely different experiences there. Um you know, and I think you keep saying unlearning, which I think a lot of people right now are doing a lot of, mm-hmm. but it is such a privilege to be able to have the tools and have access to things where yeah. we can re-educate ourselves, unlearn our old, you know, views on race and our old beauty standards and stuff like that, and then have the tools to you know, broaden our horizons, like have more diverse people that we follow and people that we look at 
and take media in from and learn from them and their experiences. Yeah. You know, like it's just, oh, it's so important to it's just so listen important. to <laughs> other people. Like, you know, obviously with the whole Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that, I found myself realising like, holy shit, I don't know anything about the civil rights movement. Yeah. I don't know anything about racism in america let alone australia so that just kind of kick-started everything for me and i started watching all these videos from indigenous australians indigenous like native americans and just like black people in america and then you know black people's experiences in australia casual racism learned all about that and i was like holy shit holy shit my brain's like crumbling what's going on (laughs) and it all just like you know clicked but I still had to do a lot of unlearning and then re-educating myself from there to get to where I am today yeah I actually think like people in Australia know more about racism in America than they do in their own country than they do here right yeah like we know nothing and I did Aboriginal studies in high school which was such a great tool to have even though like like the, the course was created by Indigenous people um, and mm-hmm. most likely the t- they tried to um, make sure that the teachers were of a- um, Aboriginal descent. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was such a great tool when it came to unlearning and relearning. And but now I see I do I, like it's it's what am I trying to say? When it comes to finding sources for information about Australia's history and the the Indigenous history here. You gotta be so careful. You have to so you really careful because it's all whitewashed. Exactly. Oh my god! Like mm-hmm. documentaries, even on Netflix. I'm like, mm-hmm. who was this written by? Who did yeah. this? And it's like yeah, this is right? incredible. Yeah, you really have to go to the roots. You have to be so careful with your sources, especially in Australia, because mm-hmm. so much of it is whitewashed. Yeah, completely. Mm-hmm. And you know, whitewashing is such a big problem, especially in Australia, because it's so. You know, with Australia, we have this whole, like, notion of she'll be right, you'll get over it, blah, blah, blah. Oh, did you see that ad? Yes, I saw that ad. Made me cry. It was really hectic. I was like, oh, will she be right? But, yeah, with that whole notion, like, you know, I think it's so easy to just sweep it all under the rug, pat on the back, you'll get over it. Especially, you know, I had a lot of that, like, you know, my I'm going to call out my auntie's husband. I hate him. <laughs> he okay. is a, like, full-fledged misogynist. Oh. He is really racist. And it took me a while to, like, realise what he was doing was racist because he loves to make fun of my dad, who is a fully Indian man. And at any family gathering or any, you know, just like Christmas, Mother's Day, stuff like that, he'll make jokes about, oh, oh, Gordy, like, when are you going to go get a job at 7-Eleven? He puts on this shitty fake Indian accent, jokes about my dad being a taxi driver, jokes about my dad working at 7-Eleven and just like says all this shit about like, oh, you're a curry muncher, blah, blah, blah. And it took me so long until, well, it wasn't until the Christmas before last where I actually stepped in because I'd been learning a bunch of stuff and educating myself and I was like hey Pete that's not funny and that's not okay a my dad doesn't talk like that he has an Australian accent and b like he is a successful business owner he works in real estate I think 
we're pretty certain that he's not going to end up as a taxi driver or working mm. at 7-Eleven. Also, fuck you for giving into that stereotype. Yeah. But, you know, my whole family, even my dad and I, would sit there and laugh along with him while oh, he made those God. jokes. Yeah. Like, we'd be like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 let's make fun of the only black guy here. Because, you know, my dad, he's from, like, southeast india so he's really really dark mm-hmm. um so you know it's like let's make fun of the really obviously ethnic dude at the mm. table mm. and it took me a really long time to realize like oh my god that's so not okay yeah oh wow my family is racist well like he's not blood related to me my auntie has a terrible taste in men sorry if she's listening to this podcast but we've talked about this <laughs> um, <laughs> we've had this conversation i hate your husband um <laughs> but you know, just like the casual racism in Australia is actually insane. And I didn't feel, you know, like qualified, I guess, enough to speak on it for a while because I was yeah. like, well, no, I'm not Indigenous and, you know, it's not really my story to tell and blah, blah, blah. But then the more I educated myself, the more I realised I was like, oh, no, I experience casual racism almost on a daily basis and also in the workplace I get clients asking me like you know we have a lot of older women who come in and get their hair done Mm -hmm. and so many of those women like you know I've taken them to the basin and been like oh are you from Australia is is English your second language and I'm like no no I I live here I I was born here I was actually, you know, I just live up the road. I've lived there my whole life. Um, yeah, no, speak you know, English. Yeah, like, no, I'm from yeah. For sure. How are you going? Like, can you not hear my accent? Does it sound like this is my second language? Am I not speaking clearly enough? What mm. made you ask that? Other than the colour of my skin and the way that I look, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Racism. It's everywhere. <laughs> Wait. A lot of the times it... You know, it's not like it's a stranger who comes up to you on the street. It's your fucking uncle Mm. or it's this boy that you go to school with Mm -hmm. or, you know, a teacher at school might say something and you might go, hang on, what? Like, oh, I remember in like primary school and high school when we used to do the NAPLAN tests. Yes. And, um, you know, there's the box where you tick like, are you of Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander descent? Like, you know, tick that box if you are, blah, blah, blah. And on two separate occasions, I had a teacher bring my paper back to me and be like, oh, you didn't, you didn't tick the box. And I was like, what? What box? No, I'm, yeah, literally. And I'd be like, no, I'm not Indigenous. And they'd be like, are are you sure? (laughs) And I'd be like, okay, yes, I may be 12, but I do know my ethnicity. Thank you so much. Like, just little things like that. And you look back and realise, like, oh, my God, everyone is so racist. Yeah, it's so ingrained, mm. especially especially from in the location that we grew up in. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a whole lot of – that whole place needs to – they need to do deep therapy over there. They do <laughs> need to do deep therapy. <laughs> oh, the poor northern beaches. Oh, gosh. We pity them. Oh God, we pity them. <laughs> but um, but no, I totally agree. Like, there's it's such a long journey, and like, uh, like I'm I'm trying to keep myself accountable to actively try every mm-hmm. day, and also like right. remind people around me. You know, like, hey, let's give this a go. Let's try and learn. Let's yeah. listen. Let's do this. Especially when it came to um, Invasion Day as well. There was yes. I had a drama with my family because 
Um, they wanted to treat the day as like it's a holiday. We're not going to say it's Australia Day, well, yeah. it, but we're we're gonna it's a day off, so we're gonna treat it as a holiday. And I was not okay with that. I was like, well, mm-hmm. we're not we're ignoring kind of what the day like how we kind of need to treat the day. And like like let, on this day, let's you know listen to Indigenous radio. Let's yeah donate here. Let's share this. Let's like support small businesses run by indigenous people but no mm-hmm. and, it's, and it, it was just kind of crazy to see kind of like oh there is a lot of casual racism like deep-seated in everything completely right yeah yeah this this year actually for invasion day i ditched my family because they were like oh we're gonna go to um this barbecue with our other family friends who like have kids who are similar ages to my sisters and we're gonna you know have a little australia day barbecue and i was like mom we can't like that's just so not okay. Also, we've just been through this whole Black Lives Matter movement. Like, were you not fucking listening to any of that? Yeah. And she was like, yeah, I get you, but like, I still want to have fun. And I was like, you know what, mum? No. So I, <laughs> the night before Invasion Day, I went to where I am now staying with this family, but they have another house mm-hmm. in the Northern Beaches. And I stayed with them and it was a really beautiful day because, you know, all of our values align surrounding, you know, Indigenous Australians and stuff. So we got up at like before sunrise and we went down to the beach and we did a little smoking ceremony and we all just like set our intentions for the day and just talked about how the day made us feel, if it made us angry, if it made us upset, blah, blah, blah. And it was just really nice to like, you know, surround myself with people that I could share my opinions with and we could all you know get each other's perspectives and then we went inside and we just like watched a bunch of awesome indigenous music and like live performances and stuff on the tv all day and did nothing and we yelled at people on the beach from our balcony oh (laughs) my god fuck off put the floaties away always was always will be and people were just like looking at us like you're crazy and we were like yeah, no, you're the crazy one, actually. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, you know what I did? I went to um, I went to the the march, and then after the march, um, I came home and I was like, okay, what do I? Oh, what did I do? Oh yeah, I went home and I did. I shared some stories that I had been. Well, I was honored to be able to share on feminine. And then I was like, hey, what? I, I need to like, I need to have a plan. I need to actively do something. So I went to Newport Beach, and mm-hmm. I took my um, Invasion Day sign. And I sat, mm-hmm. I planted myself in the middle of where there was like all these families dressed up in Australia Day merchandise. Yeah, yeah. And I sat myself in the middle with the sign and I sat and I glared at everyone. Oh, hot girl behavior. Like, <laughs> we love the funny that. Thing was, like, they were all looking at me like I, they were like. They were like, you should be ashamed, yeah, right? Like, but also you could see that they the guilt in their face and I was like you know oh the doing? guilt completely it's Put like down. you know you're celebrating yeah. mass genocide right now yeah. you like, know that's what you're doing put down the beer cozy that says Australia Day put it down mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. okay but again, yeah get rid of your little flip flop floaty mm-mm. pop that shit <laughs> no. but also like it's really important to like uh, I used to celebrate Australia Day with absolute ignorance I had no idea oh me too, yeah. but no one had ever told me, no. and my parents never educated themselves on it. Mm. So it literally wasn't until you know my friends told me like, "Oh no, you shouldn't be doing that." I was like, "Oh, shouldn't I educate me?" And yeah. then they told me all about it, and I was like, "Oh my god!" It didn't even like ever occur to me in my head that I've been, you know, 
taken the ferry over to the basin on the invasion right. day to yeah. celebrate a mass genocide with my family and family friends. Yeah. Like, that's so weird. It is like, weird. It how is. did we even start doing this? That's so weird. When was there ever a time where people were like, no, that's okay, let's do that. that yeah. That's a really good idea. It's like <laughs> public holiday means celebration. It's like, no, just because it's public holiday, like, like, you're not listening. Let's mm-hmm. read, listen. Like, yeah, take donate, the time to educate yourself, donate to mm. organisations, just reflect. Yeah on your own ingrained racism maybe the journey that you've taken the journey you want to start with that you know unlearning things yeah absolutely okay we've done a lot here we've covered we've done a lot of groundwork (laughs) but it's so like almost two hours yeah well I've learned so much I've learned so much (laughs) which I'm so grateful for I have one last question to ask you which is if you could tell your most your younger most vulnerable self what would you tell them oh that's really cute <laughs> it's like that um, tiktok trend right now that's like talking yeah, to you yourself. i yeah. cry at everyone me too like, oh, yeah well if i could sit cute little india down and talk to her i would tell her like Everything's going to be okay. Love yourself. Be authentic. Be completely you. And just do whatever the fuck you want. Because that's how you're going to get far in life. That's how you're going to go places. Yes. And, you know, she'd listen to me. And I'd probably still be right here. (laughs) Absolutely. I think Mm -hmm. what I love to think about is I think I always think of that my younger self if they saw, if I went up to my younger self, she would love me. She would think I'm so cool. Yeah, And right? that is, like, the biggest compliment to myself ever. Like, you know. Uh-huh. If I'm, my younger self saw me, she'd be impressed. Yeah, she'd be like, <laughs> you, you're, like, I don't dress to impress men. I dress, mm-hmm. I, I dress to impress little girls on the street, so they think I'm really cool. That's what right? I would be doing. Yeah. <laughs> that is the highest, the best highest feeling ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you know, a lot of cry out. Oh, stop it. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for coming on and telling us your story and, you know, how we mm-hmm. can actively work on this and how we can, like, start listening and talking about it and just, you know, doing action. That's what we need. We need action. Yes, action. But thank you so much for having me oh my gosh, on my the platform and giving me space, letting me take up space on your platform. I'm so grateful and I'm so glad you reached out. So thank you. Aww. Aww. <laughs> I wish I could kiss you right now. I know. Why are you so far away? <laughs> I know. I know. But I thank ran away you from so Sydney. Much. Yeah. Well, no, I, I'm happy you are. It's not funny. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. And um, we might have to do a little follow-up later in life. I think we should. There's I would so absolutely to love about. to yeah. anytime. Yeah, we have absolutely. a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we, I, and we could talk forever. Like we, we could. Yeah, we could. But anyways, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, that's all I have to say. Say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, audience. Thanks for listening to my sexy, sexy voice. Oh wait, I have one last thing to say. Where can? Oh. do you want me to follow you? Yes. Yes. Okay. I do. Put, put out like. What is it called? Promote yourself. 
promote myself. <laughs> uh, my Instagram handle is bigolraisin99 on Instagram. Highly That's recommend. about it. Follow me on there. Eat me up. I'm TikTok? delicious. TikTok? Um, TikTok is also Big Old Razor 99. Sorry, I'm being distracted in the background. Boy, um, come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my friends and I have a band called Murder Jazz. It's in the works. If we ever release music, you should listen to it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> yes, I've been, I've been told to promote that from the sidelines <laughs> right now. I will yeah. be having a listen. I will be having a listen. Well, amazing. Well, we haven't let anything out yet. But well, if we do, if yeah. we release stuff. <laughs> I want to hear some better jazz. That sounds fun. Yeah, we need to record it. Okay, well, you have all the time in the world now. We do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you so much for coming on and we will speak soon. We will speak soon. Awesome. My darling, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Femina podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Femina and Co. Check out our website for great articles, videos, and access to our represented professionals at www.feminineco.com. Subscribe to our Patreon for exclusive content such as BTS, extras, and 18 plus content at www.patreon.com forward slash Femina Co. Want to help us spread the word about Femina? Rate us on iTunes and like us on Spotify. See you next week for another episode of the Femina Podcast.